Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In the late 1800s, archaeologists were deeply interested in the city of Amarna, particularly its royal family, Akhenaten, Nefertiti, their daughters, and their relatives. And as scholars examined the tombs at Amarna, an interesting figure came to light. Wall carvings in private tombs showed a young lady accompanying Queen Nefertiti. This girl, or woman, had the title Senet Hemet Nesutweret, which translates as the sister of the king's great wife. Apparently, she was Nefertiti's younger sister. The girl in question shows up in the royal entourage. Beyond her title, we don't learn much about her. In fact, even her name is slightly ambiguous. The wall carvings are damaged, so the hieroglyphs are difficult to read. What survives could be read as Moot Nojmet. Alternatively, it might be Moot Beneret. The names are similar, they both roughly translate as The Goddess Moot is Sweet, but the exact spelling is uncertain. Why does that matter? Well, about 20 years after these wall carvings, another lady called Moot Nojmet appears in the record. This lady was not a princess, she was a queen, the wife of Horemheb, Egypt's newest pharaoh. As you can guess, these two women are the subject of intense speculation. Was Mutnojmet, the queen of Egypt, the same person as Nefertiti's sister? Hello, and welcome back to the History of Egypt podcast, episode 163, Nefertiti's sister? Today, we dive into a curious question. Did Horemheb, the new pharaoh, marry the sister of Egypt's most famous queen? It is a problem that historians have tackled for over a hundred years. Let's explore it, and see what we can find. This episode comes to you as an offering from Kerry, Kulyinder, and Chris. These fine folks made donations to the show in early 2022. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Chris, Kulyinder, Kerry, thank you kindly. Hopefully the great mother goddess, Moot, will make your life sweet. And make your life eternally fascinating. To everyone listening, thank you for joining me. Come, let's meet the new queen of Egypt, and investigate her background. Before we begin, a quick note. I will be talking about Mut Nojmet, the Queen of Egypt. I will also be talking about Nefertiti's sister, who might have the same name, and might be the same person as Queen Mut Nojmet. That could get confusing. So to keep everything simple, I will refer to the Queen as Mut Nojmet. 
but for Nefertiti's sister, I will just say Nefertiti's sister. It's not ideal, but it will minimize confusion. Cool? Cool. The year was 1330 BCE, give or take. In the royal palace, Egypt's new king was settling into power. Hor M. Heb, Horus in celebration, had seized control, diverted opposition, or destroyed it, and established himself as the legitimate ruler. At the same time, Hormheb's wife was settling into her role. Her name was Mut Nojmet. Mut Nojmet, or Mut is Sweet, had married Hormheb a year or two before these events. Now, surprisingly, she was the Queen of Egypt. But who was this lady? Mut Nojmet is a shadowy figure, but we have a couple of clues. It seems that she came from the aristocracy. She has the title Iri Pat, or Hereditary Noble, and among her epithets, she has two prestigious jobs. Apparently, Mut Nojmet used to be a singer, a musician. She had the title Shemayit, or singer, connected with two major deities. These deities were Hathor, goddess of love, motherhood, sex, and fertility, and Amun-Ra, creator god, lord of the two lands. So Mut Nojmet was a musician, or a singer, in great temples. It was a prestigious role, and worthy of respect. These titles, hereditary noble, singer for Hathor, and singer for Amun-Ra, are the only things we know about Mut Nojmet before she became queen. It's not much of a biography. Her origins are murky, and quite seriously debated. More on that later. But as far as life, hobbies, and career, all we have are those few titles. They do give us something. Perhaps the singing jobs imply that Moot Nojmet enjoyed music and performing with her voice. With a sistrum in hand, and the power of speech, Egyptian musicians could honour the gods and bring them forth into the temple. Mut Nojmet might have been involved in that process. As queen, Mut Nojmet has a few more titles. She was the Weret Hesut, or Great of Praises, the Nebet Imat, or Charming Lady, the Beneret Merut, or Sweet of Love, and the Chenut Shamao Mehu, Ruling Lady of Southern and Northern Egypt. These titles are standard for the late 18th dynasty, Plenty of other queens used the same epithets, including some famous names. Mut Nojmet's titles as queen also show up on the monuments of Ankesen Amun, of Nefertiti, and the mighty Queen T. So, Mut Nojmet follows a pattern for 18th dynasty royal women. She wielded the same epithets, she had the same basic responsibilities. In some respects, Mut Nojmet was the next incarnation of an ongoing trend. That being said, Mut Nojmet was not Queen T Part 2. Yes, she had the titles, but compared to her predecessors, Mut Nojmet is far less prominent in royal art and monuments. That could be an accident of preservation. Some of Horemheb's monuments were usurped by later pharaohs, and Mut Nojmet could easily have suffered the same. But on the surviving evidence, 
it does seem that Moot Nojmet was less prominent than her immediate predecessors. She probably didn't have the same public prominence as Nefertiti or T. That suggests, tentatively, that after those two queens, the role of king's great wife was changing once again. It is dangerous to speculate too much with so little evidence, but with the Amana period ending, the Egyptian queen, as a job, seems to have shifted towards the background. We saw that with the case of Ankes and Amun. Mut Nojmet is quite similar. So when it comes to her biography, Mut Nojmet leaves very few clues, and she is a mysterious woman overall. It is a shame. The best image of Mut Nojmet is a statue. It shows the queen seated beside her husband. The statue is larger than life-size, and currently rests in the Egyptian Museum of Turin, Italy. It is made of diorite, a hard black stone, and it shows the king and queen seated side by side. Mut Nojmet wears a long dress down to her ankles. Her wig has braids at the end, and her crown seems to be a tall, flat-topped piece. The queen's left hand rests on her thigh. Her right arm reaches out to support Horemheb's back. It is a classic image for a royal couple. The pharaoh sits in splendor, the queen supports him from the side. Visually, the statue is fairly standard, nothing too remarkable. But on the side, we do have an interesting image. A small carving that tells us something about the queen's public identity. Mutnojmet sits on a throne. And on the side of that throne, we see a carving of the queen. Here, she appears as a sphinx. A 2D image presents Mutnojmet as a hybrid animal. She has a human head and arms, but the body of a lioness. We know it is a lioness because the artist has carved nipples or teats on the bottom. On her back, the sphinx Mutnojmet has large wings. They fold back slightly as if spread out to either side. Together, the image presents the queen as a composite, hybrid figure. Mutnojmet's sphinx imagery is not unique. Other queens have appeared in this style. Most notably, the great Queen T appears as a winged sphinx in some cases. Apparently, it's a recurring motif for royal women of this era. Mutnojmet's use of the Sphinx helps connect her back to those earlier queens. As I mentioned, the great lady shares titles with figures like Nefertiti and T. Well, the Sphinx parallels some of their imagery. So once again, we get a sense of Mutnojmet as the heir to a line of powerful ruling women. Although we know far less about her as a person, the public image of Mutnojmet follows their example. It seems that she inherited certain traditions, and she used them for her own benefit. Mutnojmet is a shadowy figure. Most Egyptian queens are. But it is possible that her body survives, partially. Excavations at Saqqara, in Horemheb's tomb, unearthed the fragments of a skeleton. It was a woman who died in her mid-thirties or early forties. The skeleton lay in a chamber of Horemheb's tomb, and based on objects found in the chamber, it seems that this burial took place in the reign of Horemheb. According to the excavators and the anthropological reports, 
this body is a good candidate for Queen Moot Nojmet. It's not a perfect identification, there are always doubts, but in the circumstances, it seems like a good bet. And if it is Moot Nojmet, we can say a few things about the Queen of Egypt. To begin, we can say that she was approximately 25 years old when she married Hor Emheb. Maybe a little bit older, but I'll come back to that later. Physically, Mutnojmet was short. Studying her skeleton, it seems that she was approximately 151 centimeters tall, or 4 foot 9. That makes her shorter than average for ancient Egyptian women. Fair enough, nothing wrong with that. But there is a problem with this skeleton. Apparently, Mutnojmet was in rather poor health. Studies of the skeleton suggest that this lady suffered from several major ailments. The biggest, and most debilitating, was dental. At an early age, this woman lost all of her teeth. As a result, she was probably restricted to a liquid diet. Oats, soup, beer, that sort of thing. Now, I'm not a dentist, and I'm long overdue for my checkup so the medical science here is a bit out of my area. But according to anthropological studies, this lady probably suffered a few severe disorders, coupled with anemia. This facilitated a disease, and at some point, Mutnojmet suffered a terrible affliction in her gums and tooth sockets. As a result, all of her adult teeth fell out, and she lived like that for the rest of her life. I think we should extend our sympathy to Moot Nojmet. That, genuinely, sounds awful. So the new Queen of Egypt, if it is her, seems to have been in poor health. Which might sound strange. If we look at this from a political or historical perspective, you have to wonder, why would Horemheb choose this lady? As a king, Horemheb needed one thing above all. An heir a male son to carry on his lineage. If Mutnojmet was sickly, in poor physical health, wouldn't that be a problem? Why would Horemheb choose somebody for whom childbirth, producing an heir, was probably going to be quite difficult? This is a tricky question. We could speculate endlessly. Perhaps Horemheb chose Mutnojmet because he genuinely liked her. We'll never know, not really. But in the big picture, Moot Nojmet's health is a curious question. And that question naturally leads to another one. Was there another reason for Horemheb to choose this lady? If she was not healthy and not ready to bear children, did Moot Nojmet have other merits, say political merits? After the break, we dive into the headline question. Was Mut Nojmet, the new queen of Egypt, the sister of the late Nefertiti? It is a tricky but intriguing question. See you in a moment. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch 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 -
ChumbaCasino.com. No In 1330 BCE, Horemheb was Egypt's king, and as far as we can tell, the old royal family was extinct. No more sons, no more daughters, that we know about. After 200 years and more, the lineage established by Amunhotep I, Amosa Nefertari, and their descendants was over. Now on the one hand, that was an opportunity. Space had finally opened up for men like Horemheb, newcomers who might break the stale lineage of father-son inheritance. Perhaps they could shake things up, bring some new energy, right? Sure. But it was a problem. After all, that father-son tradition was more than a thousand years old, and there were complex religious ideas and stories reinforcing that concept. Horemheb might bring something new politically, but without a connection to the old royal family, that could be an issue. This is where the idea of Nefertiti's sister comes into play. For some scholars, Horemheb's kingship might have been strengthened, bolstered, by a political marriage. A union between the new pharaoh and a member of the old royal family could explain his rise. The Nefertiti's sister hypothesis is tricky. It's not a bad idea, by any stretch, but there are gaps, unresolved questions in the record. Sadly, there are very few answers to those questions, but we'll do the best we can. The main reason for thinking that Nefertiti's sister and Queen Mutnojmet are the same person is the name. Depending how you read the hieroglyphs for Nefertiti's sibling, this lady might be called Mutnojmet. If that is the case, then perhaps she is the same woman. Unfortunately, the name of Nefertiti's sister is damaged, hard to read, and the actual hieroglyphs could easily be read Moot Nojmet or Moot Benaret. Now, to be fair, the name Moot Benaret is mostly unknown, no other examples. But the name Moot Nojmet, that is reasonably common. So if you were going to ask, was Nefertiti's sister called Moot Nojmet or Moot Benaret? From what we can tell, Moot Nojmet is more likely. So the names might be the same say, 60% likely. Any other reason to think that Queen Mutnojmet and Nefertiti's sister are the same person? Well, no. That is the main argument, the idea that they have the same name and are therefore the same woman. It's really not much to go on. For one thing, names are rarely unique. Even if the two women did have the same name, that doesn't stop them from being different women. So, realistically, the argument that Queen Mutnojmet is Nefertiti's sister, it's based purely on the name. That makes it a shaky argument at best, a downright weak argument at worst. Not a great start, but we work with what we have. The reason for thinking these are separate women is slightly different. It has to do with titles. We know of several titles for Queen Mutnojmet, Specifically, the ones she had before she became queen. Earlier, I mentioned that Mutnojmet had the titles Singer for Hathor and Singer for Amun-Ra. 
Those seem to be important for her. They show up on her major monuments, so she probably valued them highly. Thing is, Nefertiti's sister doesn't have those titles, as far as we know. There is no monument or record to indicate this young lady was ever a singer for Hathor or Amun-Ra. So there is a gap. The ladies have different jobs. To be fair, though, that isn't definitive. Nefertiti's sister was probably quite young when she appeared at Amana, so she could have had those titles later, we just don't have the record for it. Bearing in mind that after the death of Akhenaten and Nefertiti, there was at least 13 years in the reigns of Tutankhamun and Ai, in which the young lady, Nefertiti's sister, could have had those jobs. Basically, we know that Queen Mutnojmet was a singer for Hathor and Amun-Ra. We don't think that Nefertiti's sister had those jobs, but there's enough time and enough gaps to make it possible. Then again, this problem goes both ways. Nefertiti's sister has a title specific to her, one that Queen Mutnojmet does not have. That would be the title Senet Chemet Nesudweret, the sister of the king's great wife. As you can imagine, that is the big claim to fame for Nefertiti's sister. It's how we know that she was Nefertiti's sister. But that's an important title, plenty of prestige and status associated with it. Not the sort of title you would throw away if you could help it, right? And yet, Queen Mut Nojmet never references that title. The surviving statues and objects give her plenty of epithets, but sister of the king's great wife? That is absent. No mention anywhere. But hang on, maybe there are ways to explain this. Nefertiti's sister might have valid reasons for not using that title. Perhaps once Queen Nefertiti died, the young lady couldn't use the title anymore. After all, if Nefertiti was no longer the king's great wife, then her sister wouldn't be sister of the king's great wife. Maybe it was inappropriate to keep using that title after the person's death. Okay, fair enough, that might explain things, but not entirely. You see, if Queen Mutnojmet was Nefertiti's sister, then her old title was probably her big claim to fame. The title of Queen's sister would outrank any of the jobs we hear about, like singer, at least in terms of status and prestige. No offence to the musicians, but in a royal society, being the sister of a queen carries a lot more social weight. So if Nefertiti's sister did become Queen Mutnojmet, then logically her title would reappear, at least once or twice. Again, that's not certain, but it would make sense for her personally and politically. And it would make sense for her marriage. So far, the whole logic for Nefertiti's sister is Queen Mutnojmet rests on the idea that Horemheb, an outsider, wanted a connection to the royal family. Okay, fair enough. But if that is true, then it's really strange that Queen Mutnojmet never uses the title sister of Nefertiti. If her claim to fame was her connection with the royal house, and if Horemheb married her for that connection, surely 
they would publicize that title. Otherwise, what was the point? Again, we could speculate a lot. But this is a big problem. Nefertiti's sister and Queen Mutnojmet do not share any titles. And if Horemheb was looking for a connection to the old royal house, surely that is a title you'd want to promote. If these are the same women, why do none of their epithets match? It is rather suspect. Those are the two major issues surrounding this question. Queen Mutnojmet and Nefertiti's sister might have the same name, but we can't be sure. They definitely don't have the same titles, but there could be some valid reasons for that. So far, it's a lot of maybes and possiblies, but for every step forward, we seem to take two steps back. Finally, there is one piece of information that could go either way. It concerns the age of these women. Nefertiti's sister shows up at the city of Amarna around year 10 of Akhenaten, approximately. Based on the artistic representations, she seems to be reasonably mature. Maybe not an adult, but at least a mature child, a pre-teen in the ancient sense. If that is accurate, then Nefertiti's sister was probably 17 years old, give or take, when King Akhenaten died. So far, that's not a problem. Nefertiti could easily have a much younger sister. It's surprisingly common among human families. Now, the issue here is what comes later. Between the death of Akhenaten and Horemheb becoming the king, we have at least 15 years. Two or three years for Nefer Neferu Atin, perhaps Nefertiti as king. Another nine or ten years for Tutankhamun and four or five years for I. That's 15 years, maybe 18, from the death of Akhenaten to the coronation of Horemheb. With that in mind, Nefertiti's sister would have been 30 years old, approximately, by the time Horemheb came to power. That might be a problem. Earlier, I discussed a skeleton from Horemheb's tomb at Saqqara. That skeleton was laid to rest during the king's reign, somewhere around year 13, as far as we can tell. Now, this skeleton is technically anonymous, but it could be Moot Nojmet. And if it is Moot Nojmet, then her age is a serious problem. Based on the anthropological studies, this skeleton, this woman, seems to be in her mid-30s or mid-40s. That might sound vague, but I'm not making that up. Even the best estimates from the physiological studies put the woman's age, quote, between 35 and 45 years when she died, end quote. That is, well, that's a big range. A big gap between how old or how young this person was. That's a problem for the Nefertiti's sister hypothesis. If Nefertiti's sister was 17 years old, approximately, when King Akhenaten died, then she was in her early 30s when Horemheb took power. If Nefertiti's sister became the queen of Egypt, she must have died in her mid-40s. 
that could match the skeleton at Hormheb's tomb in Saqqara. But that skeleton could be much younger, 35 at the lowest estimate. In other words, this skeleton is approximately the right age for Nefertiti's sister, or it's much, much younger. That is a problem that could go either way. Unfortunately, we don't really know how old Nefertiti's sister was. We have a couple of images from the tombs at Amarna, but Egyptian art is not portraiture. We don't get a realistic, accurate sense of these people. She could have been quite young, or much older than she seems. The same goes for Much Nojmet. If the skeleton is her, then she could have died in her mid-30s or mid-40s. But that's a really big gap, and it's hard to build any sort of history around such vague material. The information is simply too uncertain. So, based on the evidence, we suspect that Nefertiti's sister was in her mid-40s when she died. And we have a skeleton that could be the same age. But that skeleton could also be significantly younger. As far as material goes, that is quite tricky. Historians can debate names and titles and such, but when it comes to a person and their physical age, that is hard to pin down. So the names could match, but the titles are different, and the skeleton could go either way. On that basis, the case remains open, and historians can debate. In the big picture, it's hard to see what, exactly, Hormheb would gain by marrying Nefertiti's sister. Yes, Nefertiti had been a legitimate queen, but she wasn't royalty by blood. As far as we know, Nefertiti, and naturally her sister, came from non-royal heritage. They could have been nobles, children of influential families, but they definitely weren't princesses or anything like that. So in terms of legitimacy, Nefertiti's sister wasn't really part of the royal family. She wouldn't necessarily add much to Horemheb's claim. A long time ago, scholars thought that the Egyptian royal bloodline passed through the female side. That is, pharaohs depended on their wives for legitimacy and connection to the lineage. That idea is no longer popular. For one thing, there are too many exceptions. Pharaohs who married non-royal women, like Nefertiti, but were still perfectly legitimate. And as scholars learn more about Egyptian politics, the evidence points to father-son inheritance as the strongest of ideals. So the idea that pharaohs gained legitimacy by marrying royal women? That doesn't really hold up anymore. There are too many examples to the contrary. What that means is, Horemheb would not really gain anything by marrying Nefertiti's sister. As far as we know, that woman had no royal heritage. And the idea of Horemheb marrying her for political legitimacy? That doesn't carry the weight it did a hundred years ago. In 1908, Egyptologist Gaston Maspero wrote a brief history of Horemheb's life and reign. In that summary, Maspero commented on Mut Nojmet and her possible origins. 
He summarized the problem succinctly. Quote, We must remain in doubt as to who Queen Mutnojmet was by birth, and whether she brought to her husband a more or less authentic right to the crown. End quote. A hundred years and more have passed since Maspero wrote his summary, yet the issue remains basically the same. Queen Mutnojmet and Nefertiti's sister might be the same woman, but we simply can't be sure. Unfortunately, that is the best we can say. Chalk it up to another mystery of the Amana period. But the question, was Mutnojmet the same as Nefertiti's sister? That still doesn't have an answer. In 2022, I think overall the evidence is negative. That is, I think Mutnojmet and Nefertiti's sister are probably different women. The names might be the same, but that doesn't necessarily prove anything. The titles are clearly different, but there could be reasons for that. The skeleton is a good argument, but we are uncertain on the age, and it could go either way. Add it all together, and things just seem too uncertain, too vague, to definitively conflate these women. At least for now, I think they're probably separate individuals. Nevertheless, the possibility does remain, and it's one of the more intriguing questions around the end of the 18th dynasty. The tale of Mutnojmet, Queen of Egypt, is not over. We will see her again. Although this lady is shadowy, as far as queens go, there is a bit more to say. And in future episodes, we will catch up with her story. For now, though, we must bring this chapter to its end. Next time, we begin diving into Horemheb's deeds as the pharaoh. First, we start with his monuments. Horemheb was a prolific builder, and his monuments adorn some of the greatest temples. Next episode, we visit the Temple of Karnak to see how Horemheb became great of marvels. The History of Egypt podcast is supported by the fine folks who subscribe to my Patreon. My special thanks must go to Morgan, Ashley, Stephen, Nidin, Kyla, Evan, Kendra, Jason, Andy and Chelsea, Mykost, Yola, TJ, Terry, and Linda. These wonderful people are the priests on Patreon, and thanks to their generosity, I can afford magnificent statues for my partner to glorify her name forevermore and to build her a wonderful burial chamber in my future tomb. Don't tell her I said that, though. Anyway, thank you, priests, and thank you, everybody, who supports the show with donations or on Patreon. You are too generous. Thank you for listening, and may the great gods bless you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.